podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Les Bubka and you listen to Accidental Podcast or something like that. My today's guest is Sensei Ando or Andrew uh, Miezva. We're going to talk about it in a second. <laughs> um, uh, creator of Happy Life Martial Arts, uh, YouTube phenomena uh, with huge amount of people following him and, and all around nice guy. I said that to everybody. But you are really, really nice. You've got a really, really nice energy. How are you, sir? Dzień dobry, Sensei Bubka. How are you? <laughs> That's that's that's. I'm, I usually start with introductions, but um, when I hear, I, when I look at your surname, it speaks to me Poland. Are yes, you um, are you related somehow to Poland? Your parents, parents, parents. Yes, seventy-five uh, percent uh, Polish. Yes, um, I don't speak Polish. I'm afraid, but I love pierogi. <laughs> I love kielbasa. <laughs> I love uh, duck blood soup. There are a bunch of things that I, I do enjoy. Um, and as a matter of fact, the name, you probably say it better than I do. I don't really know how to say my name. Miershva is what Miershva. the old uh, Catholic nuns used to hit me with, say, Miershva, Miershva. And, uh, and I'm told <laughs> it means something like manure or the straw that gets dirty in the stables. So I think I don't come from a very high class of people. <laughs> um, in 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 translation, it's somebody who ha- handles a straw. So, well, you know, it's uh, all right. Seven. I'm a farmer. I'm a farmer. I'm a man of the earth. <laughs> uh, but it's nice. Uh, yeah, we, we pronounce it Mieszwa. Uh, I was really wondering if that's uh, 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 is that uh, connotation to Pol- Polish, and if you speak Polish, but you said you don't. Um, but your pronunciation of your pronunciation of kielbasa and uh, pierogi is brilliant. So <laughs> I think that book is done. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So um, I'm sure that most of the people who who are gonna listen to my show know you uh, because your presence presence on online is huge. I think everybody knows Sensei Ando. Um, but could you say a few words uh, about yourself? How did you start it, and and what you do? Sure. Well, um, especially talking about uh, mental health, um, I think uh, as a lot of young men, I was a little lost and uh, not sure of what it meant to be a man. And uh, I saw people like Arnold Schwarzenegger and thought, I I can't be that guy. I tried lifting weights and couldn't do that. Um, But I saw Bruce Lee and thought, maybe I could do that because he was skinny, I was skinny. Uh, he was always kind of uh, alone and battling everybody else. And I, you feel like that when you're a teenager that you're all alone and all of your problems are just yours and no one else understands, very dramatic. Um, and so I saw martial arts as one way to try to find peace, to try to find control, to try to find happiness. And uh, I never stopped. <laughs> it turned out to be true, true, and true. And, um, and now as an older man with new issues of what it means to be a man and what this world is all about, I don't think those questions ever go away. 
they change, your answers may change, but the questions are always there inside. Who am I? What should I do with my life? What is good? What is bad? And martial arts is still, to me, the best way to answer those questions. So that's in a nutshell. Yeah, I, I spent about six years um, believing that I can be a bodybuilder with my frame. Um, but then I had to give up and the, the people said to me, well, you have to take a steroid or something to be a bit bigger. But well, nah, that's not for me. But, but sure. karate was always, always good. Um, I was listening the other day to your, your few of your podcasts and, and you said you started with Taekwondo. What brought you to Taekwondo? Um, ignorance. <laughs> I didn't know... <laughs> I didn't know anything about which martial art was good or bad. Um, and uh, Bruce Lee was seemingly like a Wing Chun guy, but then he was doing his Jeet Kune Do. And so from the beginning, um, because of Bruce Lee, I thought that style didn't matter because he said it didn't matter. Um, and so I just went out looking for a gym, someplace that had weights and a heavy bag. And I didn't know about Taekwondo. But uh, there they were practicing punching and kicking. So I thought, okay, well, I'll start here. And, um, and I had a very good experience there. Uh, I'm not, I don't bash any martial art because we're all different and we're all ready for different challenges at different times in our life. Um, if I was starting a new art right now, I wouldn't take Taekwondo. But as a young man, it was perfect. It was perfect for me and it helped me find what I was looking for when I was a young man that helped me get discipline and respect and to shut up and to listen and to <laughs> control my body and get something right. Um, I needed all of those lessons. And, uh, and yeah, so I have nothing but nice things to say about my experiences in Taekwondo. And then you decided to shift to uh, uh, Kung Fu, I believe, uh, and stay there for quite a, quite a long time. What, mm -hmm. what, um, what was different and what uh, kind of triggered your interest in Kung Fu in relation to Taekwondo? Sure. Well, like karate, Kung Fu can mean anything. There are many different types of karate, and there are maybe even more types of Kung Fu. So what I say about Kung Fu doesn't mean that's true for all Kung Fu. But so I was, again, wasn't looking for a style. I just knew what I learned in Taekwondo. At some point, I felt like I learned the lessons I was supposed to learn there. I don't mean punching and kicking, but I mean, for me personally, what I needed. If I was a bit of a wise guy and a little um, unsure of myself, Taekwondo really helped me fix those things. But then I kind of needed the opposite. I needed to feel confident in what I could do, not just what someone told me to do. That's completely different psychologically. As a child, I think you need structure. You need someone to tell you, do this, do that. But as you grow up, at some point, you need to start examining what do I want to do and how do I do it? And so I found a style of Kung Fu that was very open and I remember the first day when I saw it, I walked in. This is a Kung Fu Sansu. Uh, I was under Andre Salvage uh, or Salvage um, at the time. And I saw someone, I opened the door and someone was leaning on a wall. And I thought, what? This is terrible. 
there was someone else like chewing gum. And I just thought, what? This is terrible. And most importantly, I saw a green belt doing like a back break. They were doing a move that would have been forbidden, uh, illegal, not okay in Taekwondo. You're not allowed to learn something like that. A green belt learning something so scary. And I went away for a week. I went away because I was so offended because I thought martial arts was supposed to be this and that and listen and respect. And it took me a week to really figure out this is different. Maybe I'm ready for this. It's not my job to teach the class and be responsible for everybody else, but this is exactly what I'm looking for. So I am going to go back and let's just see what happens. And what I found out, of course, was there was just as much respect in that room, but nobody was forcing them to be respectful. It was natural respect. It was family respect. You have children or a wife. You don't make them stand up and say, yes, sir, to show respect, but there is still respect. You don't have to tell them, be loyal, love me, but they're loyal and they love you, hopefully. And so I found in this style of Kung Fu that there was love and respect and, uh, and loyalty without having to make people do it and fake it and pretend. And it was so honest that I, and that was also in the techniques. The techniques were very honest that uh, I knew that was my next challenge to see if I could just be honest with myself about who I am. Um, and that never ends. So that's why I stayed with that style for so long, have stayed. And, uh, and again, that, and that's what I do with anything I look at now, whether it's Sistema or BJJ, any style, it has to have that honesty in the middle of it, or I'm kind of out. <laughs> it's funny. I had a, I had a very similar situation with uh, entering first I have wrestling um, group because they've been uh, you know a training which which ensues on the mats. B uh, they've been laying down the corners drinking water during the class. Everybody oh. was talking, uh. <laughs> but I, but I, I stay with them and I'm still being coached in wrestling. Uh, by my coach and uh, I love it love it love uh, that, like you said the respect is um, earned not uh, expected which is Thanks. which is a big thing um, and I change that things in my dojo as well um, <laughs> so then uh, is happy life martial arts a combination of those two you fused the two approaches bit of a straight uh, being um, um, just lost the word a bit of a strict and, and relaxed in young how did you come about to creating Happy Life Martial Arts? Well, Happy Life Martial Arts is just my journey to try to be happy. And I just share things that I think of or things that have happened to me um, on my blog and in my videos. So I don't call it like, oh, it's my style. Here's how we punch. Here's how we kick. Um, it's not like that. I just see it as sharing. Um, I'm working on something over here. Do you want to watch? Yeah, well, let's share this together. If you like it and you can use it, great. If you don't like it and you don't want it, well, then don't. It's not personal to me. It's just something to offer people. It's like if I was a cook and I just said, I'm going to make a pie. I'm going to make some soup. Um, would you like to eat with me? I'm over here. I made these. Here's some soup. I'm happy to give you. Here's some pie. If you don't like the pie, that's okay. We can still be friends. 
Uh, if you're allergic mm-hmm. to an ingredient in my soup and you, that's okay. I can, that's fine, but I am making this soup. So to me, the internet is great because you can share whatever you have. And there's probably someone out there who does like what you do. And uh, what a beautiful way to meet people and find out that you're not alone. Again, to mental health, when you have stress or anxiety or depression, if you keep that a secret, you might think that you're the only one. And when you start talking and sharing your feelings, you find out millions of people (laughs) feel the same way and then you feel a little better because maybe they have an idea that helps you or just to know you're not alone is very healthy. So I feel the same with martial arts. If I'm here and I hit the bags and I think, wow, this, this punch feels stronger. Let me share that. And then someone else writes back, oh, we do that too. We think that's the same. Then I feel great. Then I'm not crazy because sometimes when you train by yourself, especially now in the, in the lockdown, you can go crazy, right? I don't have a partner right now. So uh, I'm making up new theories like this will work, that will work. Um, and if I share that with someone, someone can say, no, 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 don't do that. Uh, you know, you get feedback from the whole world. So I love the internet. That's why I make videos to hopefully let someone else know that they're not alone and for myself to know that I'm not alone. It works both ways. We're not alone. <laughs> As, as a brilliant description of what you do, I think. Um, I'm asking this question to every guest on my uh, uh, podcast. Um, what impact martial arts has, uh, had or has uh, on your mental health? Uh, positive. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, to me, again, if it's good martial arts training then it's going to challenge you and it's going to give you honest feedback about who you are. To me, uh, oh, well, like my injuries, I have, you know, my fingers are hurt right now. And so I put this bandage on or this brace and everybody can see, oh, your fingers are hurt. Okay. So mental health, there is no, there, you can't see it. It's inside. And not only is it inside, uh, you might wear a mask to hide it. And this is now you're lying to people and you're lying to yourself. Good martial arts training forces you to take off that mask and be real, be honest. Because you can say, well, I'm strong. And then someone's choking you and you're like, okay, I'm not not so strong. You can say, I'm great, I feel great, and lie, lie, lie to yourself. Um, And then someone punches you in the face and say, okay, well, how am I great? I'm bleeding. So martial arts gives you the chance to take away the mask, look inside, and bring out whatever's in there and look at it honestly. If you're afraid, I can see it. If I feel weak and I don't know what to do, it's right there, I have evidence. I think with mental health, what's very important is the problem is up here, okay? My hand doesn't feel fear. My my body is not depressed. It's up here. 
And if you try to solve your brain's problem with your brain, then you're fighting yourself. This side is saying, I'm afraid. This side saying, you're tough, you can do it. No, I can't. Yes, you can. No, I can't. Yes, I can. So you get stuck. Martial arts, because it's physical, gives your body a chance to talk to your brain. Your brain can say, you are not tough. You are a loser. But then you can go spar and you take a hit and you come back and you take a hit and you come back and your brain sees your body being tough. And so your brain has a problem now, like, wait a minute, am I tough? Maybe I am tough. Maybe I'm wrong. So martial arts gives your body a chance to change your brain. If you just sit down and don't move, you just get stuck. So I love martial arts because it forces you to move your body, to move it honestly, and to get feedback that will tell you what's real. Maybe you're not tough right now, but maybe it's just push-ups. Last week you could do 10. This week you can do 15. And now your brain says, well, wait a minute, you're not strong, but your body just showed your brain, yeah, I am, I'm getting stronger. I can do more now. So to me, it's this taking control away from the, the negative parts of your brain, put it someplace else, focus down here, and then prove that you're different and bring it back up to your brain and say, see, you're wrong. Stop that. <laughs> you're a liar. <laughs> so that to me is what martial arts can do for anyone, um, better than anyone. Yes, any physical movement. Yes, of course. Take a walk. Uh, hit, chop down a tree, <laughs> do something, move, all good. I just think that martial arts gives you the chance to do that with another person, which makes it deeper, which makes it more extreme. I can prove to myself that I'm tough alone, but again, I'm not, it's, I'm alone. It's nice to have someone else there to say, whoo, you're tough. And then you say, what? <laughs> so now your brain <laughs> is getting a message from your body, you're tough. And maybe a teacher or another student who says, wow, you're tough. So now your brain is like, what's going on? <laughs> I, how can I be wrong? Everybody is telling me that I'm wrong. And at some point, I think your brain gives up and says, oh, okay, you are tough. You are strong. You're different than you thought. So to me, that's what martial arts can do. I think that's a brilliant description. I think I think you you are right. Can't disagree with this. Good. <laughs> I think it, <laughs> it's it's a very important thing that uh, uh, third party positive feedback that somebody else appreciating you. I think that's that's really bringing people up and let them flourish. Uh, yes. So I'm in my dojo. We've got people. Uh, from all the different backgrounds, abilities, uh, I hate word disability, but disabled, able, fully able, whatever you're going to call them, I call them, uh, and different abilities because everybody has a specialization is good in something. Um, are you teaching people uh, with different um, problems, issues, and how do you adjust to their needs in your training? Sure, absolutely. Um, I've taught as my job, my full-time job, um, I've taught children primarily, 
for over 14 years here in Los Angeles at Don Barnes Karate Kids. And with children, um, many doctors will recommend if a child has special needs, different needs, um, they come try karate because it's good for focus and discipline. Um, so yes, I've had the chance to work with all kinds of different personalities. Um, but for me, I'm not a doctor. So I think, like you said, everybody has special needs. Everybody has different needs. So I think we're all on a spectrum. I know that's an autism type of phrase, mm -hmm. but term, but some people, uh, if you're yelling and forceful, they get scared. Other people love that. They want that. They like that macho energy. Everybody's different. Some people maybe got hit when they were a kid. And so they've got a, a trauma. When you touch them, they, they, they get scared. Other people love to be touched. That's what heals them. They want to be touched. Right away, they're okay with that. Everybody's different. Um, if there's a chemical imbalance in the brain and someone requires medication, that is not my job to say anything about that. That's between their doctor and them. But however you come onto the mats, when I have a chance to work with you, I don't care if you're three years old, 30 years old, or 300 years old. <laughs> All I see is you. And I see parts of me in you. You're confident about this, but you hate this. You can do this, you can't do that. Me too. There are things I cannot do. I'm getting older, They're, my body is different than it was five years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. All of us are different and all of us are changing. So the trick is to, again, if you're a, I do Shotokan and Shotokan looks this way and this is the only right way to do Shotokan, then you just made the art more important than the person. But that's backwards. It should always be, who are you as a person and how can this art help you? It can't be the other way around. And I know there are some teachers who switch them and they say, well, this is the art and you must punch exactly like this or you're not good and you won't pass your belt test. And you know, they, they don't give the respect to the more important part, which is you have the courage to be here. You're working hard. You're being honest with yourself about what you can do and what you can't do. That's what a fighter is. That's what a martial artist is. It has nothing to do with Shotokan, Wing Chun, has nothing to do with that. Those are just tools to help the person. You are always a person first. Style, no, <laughs> it's not that important. If you have a, I mean, we have certain students uh, maybe missing a limb have a prosthetic. Um, maybe someone is, has one eye. Someone has a sensory disorder. There are so many different things. Someone has a temper. Does that count as a special need? Someone is very shy. Does that count? Every single person is different. So as a teacher, your responsibility is to always look at the person first and then figure out what tools you have to help them to help get them where you want them to go, where they want to go, to be a fuller, stronger, tougher, braver person. Um, but it's different. 
So as a teacher, you should be open to many different ways of doing something. As a student, I only care about one thing. How's my sidekick? Is my sidekick good? How can <laughs> I make my sidekick great? As a teacher, I have to know 101 different ways to look at that sidekick, break it down, teach it, and accept that that is your sidekick. That is your sidekick. That is your sidekick. It's okay that we're all a little different because you have no choice. We are different. Our bones are different. Our muscles are different. Our feelings are different. Our mentality is different. Our goals are different. Any teacher who's trying to make everybody the same thing is an idiot <laughs> and is probably <laughs> doing more harm than good because they say, you have to do it this way. The student honestly says, I can't do it that way. The teacher can't say, ah, then you are terrible. You are never going to be good. Go home. What, how does that help anybody? The world just got sadder. But when a teacher says, okay, honestly, if you can't do that, then do this. A great teacher will always find something that a student can do not just what they can't. How's that for a long rambling answer? Uh, it, it's brilliant. I actually spend uh, so many hours um, arguing with people about um, that, you know, that the karate, in karate that the techniques should be yours. Because I've got a problem with my hips. For over 20 years, I'm trying to stretch to the box split. But my, my hips say no, they don't lie. No, you're not going to be able to do it. So I've been told that I shouldn't pass uh, a green belt in karate because I cannot kick the high level, uh, the head level kick. Who told you which, that? You know, Who told you that? Um, well, many people. <laughs> but I know they're wrong. Um, they're wrong. But other, uh, other aspects which you, which you mentioned is that uh, our body is aging. And for me, it took me uh, uh, long, but not as long as some of my friends. <laughs> How long it took you realize that your 20-year-old brain in your 50-year-old body is not right. We can't do <laughs> what we think we can. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, for a, me, that's a long part. Um, for me, it was about 38. When I got to 38, that's when I had my first, uh-oh. Um, I was doing fine. I've been very lucky, no major injuries. But my hip, one hip, started to go. And it, was, it would click, it would catch, uh, couldn't lift it, couldn't sit up or stand up sometimes. And so I had to go see a doctor, get the injection, figure out what's going on, get the x-rays. So that was the first time I said, oh, this is not forever. You're going to have to change. And then pretty much every year after that, something new has come up. I've gone through my knees my shoulders, my back, uh, my hands. This year has been my hands. Um, and just being able to make a fist and, and, and having problems with my knuckles and tendonitis and new things. I'm learning more. But um, it's all okay. It's all good because it teaches the most important lesson, maybe, which is use what you have. Nobody said you get to be 100% forever, ever. <laughs> so as a teacher, again, I am learning like for two months, 
I have not made fists. All right. A couple of months ago, I woke up and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't move my fingers on my hands. And I thought, ah, whatever. Just one of those days, ah, shake it out, shake it out. Come on. But eventually, no, 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 you have a problem here. And so for two months, I went to see a doctor, got the x-rays and all that stuff. But um, for now, I mean, I do the kettlebells and, uh, you know, grips and ropes and uh, grabbing the ghee and, uh, right. you know, stuff. So my, just too much, too much. <laughs> so all of my tendons have just been frozen, like trigger finger, they call it. And, yeah. um, but this was new to me. I didn't know you could overtrain your grip. So for two months, instead of saying, oh, well, I give up or whatever. No, this has been great. I love this because technically I'm using this and this. So I still do all my exercises, but I'm pretending like I don't have fingers and trying to figure out how to use my movements in a better way. And then that changes how you move this. And then that changes how you move that. And then that changes everything. So you get a new view of all of your techniques. So I always say, I never want someone to get injured, but I kind of want someone to get injured <laughs> because when you get injured, if you keep going, you find ways to do things that you would never have known about if you didn't get the injury. So I don't like pain, but I love the wisdom that comes with the pain if you keep going. So my advice to anyone as you get older, as you think, oh, I'm out of shape now. Oh, I have arthritis. Oh, I have this old shoulder injury. I don't care. What do you, what? That's it? That's all it takes to stop you? That's it? So I guess if someone has a knife and says, I'm going to kill you and your family, oh, I give up because, you know, I have a bad finger. So that stopped me. So you're, you're way more serious than my finger. No, you have to practice the habit of finding a way. You have to practice keep going. Um, if you don't do that, then you're not a martial artist. A martial artist keeps fighting. You keep going. That's the most important lesson. So that's my feeling about getting older. I don't mind it now. It was a shock at 38, but now bring it. I'm okay with it. It's okay. And don't worry about that split. You don't have to do a split. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> no, I, I accepted my flaws as well. It took me a long time, but I figured out the way as well. Um, yeah. So when I'm talking to you or ever I see you on the internet, you are always a happy person. You, you blossoming with happiness and positivity. How do you manage to maintain this positive, positive um, approach to everything when the things go wrong? Well the happy, I think you teach what you need to learn, right? I didn't make that up. I think that's a saying. <laughs> you teach what you need to learn. And I have dark times. I call it my dark hour. Every day, pretty much there's an hour where I go dark. And, um, and growing up, temper, ego, um, being a kind of a bully to people, name calling. Um, so I know the dark side and I've seen where it goes. I've seen people and know people who stay dark and I don't want their life. I don't think their life is happy. 
I think that leads to, to drinking and addictions and problems and hurting other people. Um, it's not a good path. So there is another path, the light path, not dark, the light side of the force. And it's a fight to stay there. It's easy to get angry. Babies get angry. It's easy to feel sorry for yourself. Kids feel sorry for themselves. Meh. So grow up. If you are a grown-up, that means I already know that there is darkness in the world and there is evil in the world and I can't have everything I want. Grow up. Accept that. Now what are you going to do? Make a choice. You have a choice. You want to frown or do you want to smile? This one leads to bad things. This one leads to good things. I get to talk to you. That's a good thing today. If I hadn't been smiling, maybe you would never ask me to come out and say hello. So this is a good thing. And then the more you do that, momentum. Like anything, it's a habit. I feel better. I sleep better. My food digests better. I, I heal faster. Um, people like me more. <laughs> I meet more people. Students aren't afraid of me. They listen more. I haven't found one bad result from being happy or trying to be happy. But boy, I have only seen bad things from not trying to be happy. That's always destruction and hurts other people. And that's not okay. As martial artists, we should defend ourselves and then help the people around us defend the other people, the weaker people, the people who aren't as strong and haven't gone through training. Then it's your job to help others. So I can't be mad and upset and cry all day. That's not good for me and it doesn't help anybody. This is for everybody. <laughs> Maybe a little crazy, but my happy life hopefully will help your happy life and your happy life will help my happy life. And then good guys win. And that's what I want. Yeah. Good guys winning. Uh, we, all, we all want that, I think. Um, I hope. Uh, drifting away a bit from martial arts, uh, when I see you and Chris Wilder talking, I asked this question to Chris as well. Um, I can see uh, both of you being very thoughtful, but energies are different. Uh, Chris is very uh, calm. You are very, uh, in a good, pos a good way of meaning this, hyper. So you're kind of going, ah, which, I, which I love. Um, but how, because I've got a problem with this, how um, do you uh, present yourself um, clearly and so people can understand you? Because when I talk, I often get in a chaos and as you probably noticed, I kind of try to jump, jump over my words, jump over my words, and getting confused. I'm sure it's a bit of my English, uh, not perfection yet. But how do you um, present yourself? Is that the hub? Is that the something you trained, or you always been thoughtful and be able to express yourself clearly so people get your message? Um, hey, first of all, your English is amazing. I don't speak Polish. I don't speak any other language. You, in a second language, this good, amazing. So pat Thank yourself you. on the back. Good Thank job. You. <laughs> yeah, 
Good job. Uh, I've always liked to talk. So that part's easy. I've always, um, I don't mind being the teacher. I, I, I like stages. I like sharing. I, I like all of those things, music, rock band, uh, comedy, acting. I've always loved those things. So that's true. But that doesn't mean you're a good teacher. A teacher has to think about how to organize to make things understandable, of course. So um, I do think a lot about a video. If I may, I, I almost never pick up my phone and say, I'm gonna make a video. Hey everybody, blah, 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 blah. Now that's okay, many people do that, great. There's something very honest about that, I get it. But I'm a teacher first. So when I make a video and I wanna share something, I wanna make sure that I'm sharing it the best I can. So I used to always uh, word for word write a script. My podcast too, the first, I don't know, 40 or 50 episodes, script, just write a script. I'll take a month and write a script and then practice the script and read it and okay, okay, rewrite it, fix it, make it better. Um, but like Taekwondo, where that was good for a while for me, it changed me. In the beginning when I made videos and podcasts, I needed that to make sure I was doing a good job for myself. But it takes a lot of time and it can feel a little phony. It can feel like I am reading and then I lose the connection. So a couple of years ago, I changed and said, no more scripts, no more word for word. Looser, make it an outline. I like outlines. <laughs> so if I'm going to make a video now, I don't write a script. I will put down the big ideas and then go. So it's a mix. It's like the half and half. Half is structure and the discipline of what's the idea? What are you trying to say? How do you say it? Got it. And then the other half is trust yourself. Your heart's in the right place. You have an idea. Now be you, be honest and just talk. So, um, and that's why I started with my podcast to shoot video. It used to just be audio. But I said, well, if I put it on video, then I'll have to be a little more honest. People will see me doing it. In the old days, I would read the script. Oh, uh, I have your book here. Excellent. Book. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. Um, people would, I didn't, I didn't want people to see me reading a script, so no video. But now, no script. It forced me to do it. So that was a challenge I put on myself to start shooting video on my podcasts, do more interviews where I could just talk. And the only tip I would give is, for me, is to slow down because I do get excited. And then blah, 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 I actually speak very, very fast in normal life. But when I'm in teacher mode, I try to slow down because I know it's, it can be too much for people. And I see people going, ah, so now on all my videos, I purposely bring it down a notch or two. In a seminar, 
No. If I'm teaching live, I might get excited ah, and then slow down. But on video, since I have a chance to sometimes slow down, I take a breath. I say, okay, relax. And even today, I know that uh, English is not your first language. So I told myself, slow down, make sure I'm being clear to, so that you can understand me better. And um, it's good for everybody, really. Plus on their podcast, they can listen at double speed if they want to. They can speed up if they want. <laughs> so it's good for everybody, uh, slow or fast. I've, I've got the same problem. Uh, I have to actually uh, slow down to the uncomfortable. When I start being uncomfortable with a break, then I know that it's easier for people to listen to me. But that sprang a question to me. Do you know from which part of Poland uh, your Polish part of the family is? South uh, or? Well, both. both. I have uh, four, three of my grandparents are first generation Polish. So, mm -hmm. and one family was coming from up north and one was down south. I haven't been there yet. My sister went looking um but and i plan to uh, soon i want to be, i want to come over and visit and get to know the country a little better um but as my research um has come down to north and south so a mix of both so what reason why i'm asking because i'm from south and mm. i can tell you that your speed of talking is related to south because <laughs> my when my friends coming to visit us my my wife is english well half thai and half english and she says, when you speak, I can't understand. It's like one sentence going long, long time. But my mm -hmm. friends from North coming, they're doing nice, clear breaks between the, the words. So wow. I'm going uh, with a speed of light speaking. They call it as the, from, I'm from Krakow, so South. They say we mm -hmm. sing. Instead of talking, we sing. So that, mm -hmm. that's kind of sidelight of my questions. But it might be, that might be it. <laughs> that I think you're right because my family from the north, my grandfather was very measured, very slow. But my father, who was from the south, he was fast. So they were different. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, that's fascinating to me. Fantastic. <laughs> I also have a Zelinsky in my family, which apparently means like green skin. And my skin yeah. does have a greenish <laughs> look. So I don't know if that's true or not, but Zielinski apparently has something to do with green skin. Is that true? I don't know. Yeah. I, I never heard that, but I know the Zielinski. Oh. Yeah, it, 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 the, the part of that surname is definitely green, but I don't know. Okay, well, yeah. Zielinski. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, uh, I'm got off track now, but uh, what was I going to ask you? Ah, I know. <laughs> um, what would be your recommendation? You know, you've done the journey in YouTube, uh, podcasting, I'm starting, I'm only doing it for a couple of years. What's the recipe for success if I can pick your brain a little bit on that subject? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I, um, I have many subscribers, but YouTube, I have no control. So for two years, the last two years, I have only one video that went big. I just put up two new videos, a thousand, a thousand. Um, even though you have many, I have many subscribers, uh, I have no control over YouTube showing videos. So if, um, if there's a way to be successful, I don't know it. Um, all I know is 
like anything in life, do it because you love it and then you'll be happy. If you make a video because, oh, I want 10,000 views, I want a million subscribers, um, you will probably be disappointed. You'll probably be sad. If you start a business, I'm going to be a billionaire, you'll probably be sad. The odds are against that. But mm -hmm. if you love doing it and you're doing it anyway, that's the thing. YouTube is me just sharing what I was doing anyway. I'm just doing some of it in public. It's the same conversations that I have with my friends. I'm just recording it on a video. So it's just sharing, like, like making the pie or making your soup. I'm just sharing my recipe. Um, if you do it that way, then I think you'll be happy. Because if even one person sees it, you say, well, that's cool. That's more than I had. Um, and the other great thing is, because the internet will probably be forever, keep going. Because maybe today you don't have a million views, a million subscribers, but five years from now, someone may discover you, share it with a big person, and then everybody comes running to see you. And then all of that hard work will be right there, ready to go. Or even just for your children, so your children someday can look back and look at what you did and say, wow, that was my dad, wow. So instant gratification, YouTube, I'm gonna make money, I'm gonna be a star. No, 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 no. Don't even do it. If that's your idea, then don't. If your idea is, hey, um, I wanna give back. I've learned some cool stuff. I think it could help people. I'm gonna share and do it. Just share. If that's 10 people, a million people, doesn't matter. I'm doing it anyway. I'm just sharing what I'm doing here. It's nice when more people come. I, I hope more people come because that just means we have more people that um, we have in common. Like I said, you're not alone. If one person watches the video and likes it, I'm not alone. There's two of us. If a million people come and give me a thumbs up, whoa, I'm really not alone. Great. That's even happier, right? So it's all good, but um, do it because you love doing it and because you believe in what you're doing. That's my only tip. I don't control YouTube. No one does. They could change the rules tomorrow. They could stop paying you anything. Not that it's a lot of money, but they could just say, eh, no more. Okay, then what? They could say, you know what? We're shutting down. We're out of business. We're done. Well, then what? It's okay. That shouldn't matter to you. You just train, share, however you can. It will help somebody. I, I guarantee it will help somebody. And that should be good enough. Yeah, YouTube just done that to me a year ago. So I was just on the brink of making a huge amount of money with my <laughs> subscriber. They said, nah, we're putting the, the, the bar higher. You need to get more hours of views. Yeah, yeah, but you know, oh. it, does, it, does, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. It, it um, doesn't. But my, my, my question related to that is, I, um, I didn't expect that my book gonna be uh, so well received uh, for that year, last year. Um, how do you deal with uh, popularity and all sorts of different messages um, hitting your inbox, people um, adding you on, on, on Facebook? How do you filter for that who uh, is just want to take you for a ride or who is um, genuine? 
I'm sometimes, you know, spending a lot of time replying to messages which, which on, in the end, uh, leading to somebody try to offer and force me to buy something or, or just try to use me as a popularity drive. Nah. Um, I don't worry too much about it. You're a grown man. I'm a grown man. It's my time. Most people I find are nice and are good. If you're a good person, you will attract nice people. If one out of 500 says you suck, what do I care? I'm a grown man. I'm happy. I don't even know you. You don't know me. You, that's not even your real name. And you're going to say you suck. It's, what do I care? Um, it doesn't matter. And most of the time I find when you have a hater and they say you suck and you say, okay, well, happy training. Do what you do. Have a good day. They come back and say, oh, I was just kidding. I'm sorry. I actually like you. And you say, oh, okay. I'm sorry that you need to be mean to get attention. Okay, but now you've learned that you don't have to. You could just be nice from the beginning. So to me, when someone is mean, that's still someone I get to teach. I'm still mm -hmm. a teacher. I always say, Anybody can teach a good student. If you have a good student, everybody will have success and say, that's my student. They work hard. They listen. They're talented. Great. You really don't get that much credit for that. If you're a teacher, you should judge yourself by how you treat the worst student, the one who doesn't want to be there, who doesn't work, who doesn't listen, who thinks the whole thing is stupid. That's your student. So to me, if you get a weird email or a weird comment, that's your student. How do you treat that person? Because that will show me what kind of teacher you are. If someone says, I hate you, and you say, well, then I hate you. Okay, well, you're, <laughs> all right. That's a pretty uh, limited type of teacher. You don't have a lot of power. You let people bother you, especially working with kids. I'm a grown man. <laughs> I've been doing martial arts for years and years. If a five-year-old comes in, says blah, 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 and that makes me angry, he wins. I just got beat by a five-year-old. A five-year-old took away my happiness. What? That's insane. <laughs> there should be no child who makes you upset. And then there should be no teenager who makes you upset, and then there should be no adult. No one should make you upset. Why are you training if everybody makes you mad or scared or upset? What's the point? The point of the push-ups and the punching and the sparring is so that I can take it. I'm okay. You suck. All right, whatever, man. Whoa, you even tried to hit me. Eh, not twice. I'll give you the one, but that's it. You should be able to take it. Smile. You don't have to give them all of your time. You say, oh, I see. You're one of those people. Well, bye. I don't have time for that right now. Come back later. Bye. I'm not stupid, but um, I don't hate them. They're hurt. Why would someone I don't know try to hurt me? It's, it's, there's no good reason. There are only bad reasons. They're hurt. Someone hurt them, they're trying to hurt me. Someone took away their control, now they're trying to 
Take away my control. No, I don't have to play that game. You want to take me for a ride? I'm, I'm not stupid. Stop. No, that's not okay with me. Now it's your turn. What are you going to do about that? Well, I'll go away. Okay. Oh, I'll stay. Okay, now we have a chance to change. That's good. So my advice to anyone, let everyone see how wise you are, how strong you are, how tough you are by treating bad people nicely. Smile at them. Listen for a moment. Don't get abused. Don't get hurt. But you're a martial artist. It's like a white belt sparring. Ah, ah. They don't know what to do. You don't go, hey, cut it out. What's the matter with you? You say, oh, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You control them. You stop them. You slow them down. You hit them when you need to and say, hey, hey careful there. You control it. That's what you should do as a martial artist, whether it's with your fists or with your words. You, ah, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Choop, choop, choop. Okay. I'm still me. You don't get to change me. Nobody gets to change me unless I want to. Makes sense? Uh, I, I start, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, uh, I think the worst thing you can have uh, done to people who wants to argue with you, don't give them their... Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, give them satisfaction of um, arguments. So you just go, yeah, it doesn't matter. I started to use the the negativity as a drive for new content. So addressing the the problems and and creating content. Um, yeah. What? Who was or uh, what was your uh, main or well, not main, but uh, something which influenced your growth? Not necessarily in martial martial arts, but but in uh, in life who was that kind of drive inspiration who, who give you a, a something to think about to make a change for better uh, to me it's never one person it's everybody there are people who were mean to me that that affected me and made me do things a different way just like the injuries so it's easy to say oh bruce lee but that was just one moment in my life, one person at one time. I don't think about Bruce Lee now. I haven't thought about Bruce Lee unless people talk about it. I don't, oh, Bruce Lee. I mean, that's the wrong way to think about heroes. They help you in a moment and they change you and start you in a new direction. And now I have a new problem. And now I find a new hero. That person solved that problem. So now that person's my hero. Oh, and now I have a new problem. I follow this person or I listen to that person or every person you meet has some influence on you. They either reinforce what you already know so you don't feel alone and you say, oh, good, another person that we agree with. So good. Or you meet someone who says, no, you're doing that wrong. And that makes you stop for a second and think like, wait a minute, what? Like the injury, like stop do something a different way. Okay, so we learn from everybody. If you're smart, you learn from everybody. And in that way, I can't say one person. I could say my mother, she's a fighter, <laughs> she's tough, she's loving. Uh, so I can give you an easy answer like my mom and Bruce Lee, but that's not completely honest. 
every day I see somebody and I think, oh, wow, cool. Let me, oh, today I watched one of your videos. I mean, I read your book yesterday. So that's cool. And I think about things like, again, like what we were talking about today about how so much of mental health is inside that you can't see. And this is another example when you talk about how you feel inside, but you did something anyway, whether it's going to get a job or going to a tournament. And I don't know how someone feels. So I should, this was helpful to remember that like, okay, the next time you deal with somebody through an email or in person, don't just think you know what they should do. You have to talk to them a little bit and figure out are they being honest? Are they, is there a mask or what's going on behind inside? Because everyone has a story. Everyone has something inside that I can't see. And this was a good reminder of that. And then I watched one of your videos on a fitness workout and you did a workout where you touch your knees and then touch your ankles. And I thought, oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll try that today. I'll do that. Um, so in that way, like today, you're my hero because I, okay, thanks for that reminder. And thanks for that exercise. I'm going to go play with that today. So maybe I'll find something new. So every day there's someone you can learn from. So uh, that's my answer. You're on the list. Funny, thank you. Funny enough, because that, that exercise I got from the Taekwondo teachers. Okay, cool. <laughs> so from, from Germany. From Germany. Cool, I think I'll learn. This, this question is going to be super difficult for you. Ooh. If you have if you had to stop forever, would it be martial arts or pie? <laughs> uh, hmm, let me think. Stop. Well, first of all, they go together. They're the same thing. I fight for my pie. I would stick with martial arts because if I had martial arts, I could always go fight and take somebody's pie. I can always have pie. But if I just sit around eating pie, I would get really out of shape and then I'd get beat up and they would take my pie. So I need my martial arts to get pie and to keep my pie. So martial arts, number one, for sure. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, okay, uh, my time is coming up. I have to go and take care of my children so my wife can uh, do her stuff. Uh, it was a pure pleasure to meet you, Ando, and speak to you and have an insight to your uh, approach to, to life and martial arts. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Sensei Bubka. Nostrovia to you and everyone. <laughs> Nostrovia. <laughs>